When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh well. Hello and welcome <laughs> to another edition of the PHNX D-backs podcast right here at PHNX. I, of course, am a very sad mayor of PHNX, occasionally known as Derek Montia. I am joined by my vice mayor, the one and only Thunderstick Jesse Friedman. Derek, it's hard to take you seriously saying you're sad when you're wearing like the most colorful look, shirt on the planet. Uh, look, I I tried to cheer myself up by dressing more colorful and uh, it didn't work. It didn't work. I couldn't get away from the knowledge that the Diamondbacks got swept handily by the Los Angeles Dodgers in Los Angeles. Uh, and we will get to that, of course, even though I don't really want to. This show is brought to you by the fine folks at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Go download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Get down on the NBA action in the third round of the NBA playoffs. You can bet on any team except the Suns. I'm see, I'm doing it again. I'm making myself sad. Uh, you can bet on any team uh, to win. You'll get bet five dollars, and you will get one hundred and fifty dollars in free bets if they do. Jesse, I don't know why I'm sad about this. Again, this wasn't something that we should have been surprised about, and we are going to accentuate the positive when it came came to some of these games, with the exception of that second game and the doubleheader. But uh, the Diamondbacks lose their sixth game in a row. More importantly, they drop four in a row, get swept by the Dodgers in L.A. Uh, should we be surprised by this? I mean, or is this just really, again, what the season was going to be for this team? Yeah, well, our, our friend Jack Summers from AZ Stinkbid just tweeted that since the beginning of 2019, the Diamondbacks are now 3-22 and 22, uh, at Dodger Stadium, which is uh, pretty rough. Not um, good. Not, not good, good, not good. No. And from that, from that perspective, I guess to answer your question, we probably shouldn't be very surprised. I mean, the Diamondbacks have really struggled to win games at Dodger Stadium, and they're not necessarily alone in that. The Dodgers in their home field are you know, one of the best, if not the best teams in baseball. So, um, yeah, not necessarily too shocked by this, especially after uh, the Diamondbacks took two out of three at Chase Field. The last time around, you knew the Dodgers weren't going to um, let that happen again or anything like that. And uh, things certainly flipped the other direction in this series. They did not stand for that, Jesse. They did not stand for losing that first series of the year against the Diamondbacks. The D-backs kind of did it to themselves in this series a bit. Uh, they left a lot of ducks on the pond, especially in this game. Uh, the Diamondbacks at one point had bases loaded with no outs and didn't produce a run. And I, I, I don't know really who to blame in that situation for not producing yeah. a run. My thought here is the Diamondbacks need to do everything they can to produce runs, especially right now when they were – you know, they're, they're definitely in a slump. Uh, it's, 
and, and I'm sorry to Joshua Lefferman for being a D-backs fan in LA. I can only imagine how horrible it is, but I imagine it's something <laughs> like going to the games here at Chase Field against the Dodgers. So not too much difference there, but the Diamondbacks just aren't able to produce runs with runners in scoring position. And sometimes, again, I don't question Tori often, not nearly as much as Twitter, but it makes me question Tori when the offense isn't really running right now at a, at a high rate. They're not producing a lot of runs outside of guys named Christian Walker. And it felt like a, a great opportunity to do whatever you can to produce a run in that, in that instance, rather than trying to go for, you know, a, a base clearing double. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to, I don't know if you can really pin something like that on the manager. Um, this Diamondbacks lineup, especially without Cattell in there is pretty lean. Uh, yeah. You know, there's a, there's a decent gap between Cattell Marte who was starting to pick things up and, you know, a guy like Jake Hager or Yanni Hernandez, we saw him come in the game late as well in that spot. So yeah, this lineup is, uh, is, is pretty lean. I mean, the offense has, has struggled throughout most of the season. We've seen glimpses of, the offense breaking out of that. Um, but at Dodger stadium, I mean, you know, you're going to have, you're going to have your struggles and the D backs didn't get embarrassed from an offensive standpoint in this series. But like you said, hitting with runners in scoring position was a really big issue for them. D backs as a whole in this series were five for 24. That's a two Oh eight batting average. Um, and it's going to be hard to score runs when, you know, you're hitting around 200 with runners in scoring position. And the Dodgers are hitting about a hundred points higher than that. Yeah, and the Dodgers lineup is just stacked. We've, we everybody knows that. Uh, you take out that second game of the doubleheader that the Diamondbacks, you know, really got beat up, and they lose the other three games by a combined four runs. Right. So they they if you want to look on the bright side of things, the Diamondbacks were able to hang with this Dodgers team. Yeah. Outside of you know, you could tell in that second game that they ran low on gas. They run ran low on personnel prior to today's game both Cooper Hummel and Kyle Nelson were both placed on the 10 day IL. So they lose another couple of pieces. Cooper Hummel has been very effective at getting on base. And we've talked in the past about Kyle Nelson being one of Tori Lovello's more reliable pieces in the bullpen. My understanding of the situation is that I believe those are both COVID IL situations. Ah, okay. Um, so I, okay. so I, yeah, it's not, you know, Kyle Nelson doesn't have some sort of elbow inflammation or something. As far as we know, I believe it's a, a COVID situation. So um, yeah, I mean, that doesn't necessarily mean they're going to come back tomorrow, but sure. it shouldn't be too, too long, hopefully, before before those guys get back. Shouldn't be too long for Cattell Marte, but we don't know how long that hand issue is going to linger for. And yeah, again, he's just a vital part of their offense. So to miss him in a critical series like this was big. The Diamondbacks really uh, are seeing the injuries start to stack up, even if they are uh, based on covid related injuries okay, or yeah. whatever they're just finding themselves in a position where they are pretty low on staff once again like they were at points last season uh but getting back to the runners in scoring position arizona today two for 11 with runners in scoring position and they were five for 24 five for 24 in the series so yeah the diamondbacks had guys on base they just once again weren't able to convert much like we saw earlier in the season when they were able to get on base and that was a little bit more through the patience of walking and getting on base through, you know, walks a little bit more often, but uh, the diamondbacks just, again, that was a, that was a really detrimental situation where they had, uh, you know, bases loaded and, and couldn't convert a single run, get, couldn't get a single run in, in that situation. 
Yeah, they they really struggled um, with runners in scoring position, and and that's often going to be the difference in some of these closer games, right? I mean, the Diamondbacks go two for eleven today with runners in scoring position. The Dodgers go four for eight, and in a game where both teams had nine hits, I mean, that's that's pretty much the difference right there. Um, and I guess we might as well look at our our by the numbers graphic here and just see a, a full breakdown of of all the numbers. You can see the runners in scoring position there at the bottom. Three sixteen in the series for the Dodgers, just two oh eight for the D backs. Derek, that uh, that starting rotation oh that we've been uh, that we've been raving about, it was rough as you can see <sighs> on the screen if you're joining us live. An eleven point eight eight ERA for D backs starting pitchers in this series. Not a single quality start. Really, every start uh, in this game uh, wasn't great. Madison Bumgarner really wound up having the best start out of everyone, and, and he wasn't particularly good in the se- in the series opener. So, um, yeah, the starting rotation, you know, we suspected there was some regression to come, and, and it came fast uh, in Los Angeles over the last few days. That they'll, they'll make you pay, and they absolutely did, as you can see here. Uh, the Diamondbacks starting pitching will no longer be uh, in the top of Major League Baseball after this uh, entire scenario, but not up there with the Dodgers. No, they were the about ne- they were about neck and neck, and this series, uh, this series certainly decided which of those two rotations is is better, at least for the moment. Jesse, this weekend I went to the water park, uh, and at the water park by my house, there is a basketball court in one of the pools for you to play nice. full court pool basketball. And for some reason, a group of about 12 to 13 year old kids decided to challenge me and my buddy to a full court <laughs> basketball game. Uh, my buddy, how many, also, wait, how many of them and how many of you? Were uh, there? there were four of them. And then there were two of us, but we got uh, his son involved. So there was two, basically, um, we'll say mid thirties guys, just to be nice to me. Uh, and, a, and, a you know, and, and, and like a fourth grader, a fifth grader, along with like these kind of, uh, you know, junior high kids. And Jesse, we, we had fun for a little while, but after a certain point, we had to remind (laughs) them, um, who they were playing against. Right. And, uh, you know, that's what, that's when the dunking and the blocking and a lot of the aggressive behavior started to come out of me and and my (laughs) friend, uh, because these kids started to get a little too cocky with their three point shooting and, and everything that was going on, uh, in this game. And, uh, it just reminded me a little bit, uh, of what we saw the Dodgers do to the diamondbacks, right? It was like the, it was cute. You guys won a series two to one, but we really need to remind you who is, uh, the top dog in the national league West. And, they definitely yeah. sent the message. Even if these games weren't, even if the Diamondbacks didn't completely get dominated, because again, that's something I think positive that we can all take away is that they showed up and had a good series. They just got beat. And the Dodgers are just that good to stay ahead of you no matter how good you're doing. In, in several of these games, the Diamondbacks had a lead in the first inning and came out looking pretty good, right? Can, all things considered. Uh, they yeah. would give their starting pitching an early lead to get behind and we just didn't see any of their starting pitching really hold up in regards to the Dodgers. Even Tyler Gilbert had a great outing, but again, we talked about that yesterday about Tory just leaving him in just one inning too long and uh, and yeah. having everything fall apart there. Yeah, you're right. The the Diamondbacks did jump out to some early leads in the series, and it, it just felt like the Dodgers would instantly respond once the Diamondbacks got an advantage. 
Um, yeah, that was a, a trend sort of throughout the entire series here. And and the Dodgers will do that. I mean, their lineup is absolutely ruthless. Uh, Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman and Trey Turner and Justin Turner. And um, I mean, it is the probably the deepest lineup in baseball, at least the deepest lineup in the National League. So even got even yeah. guys that were struggling got right against the D-backs. Max Muncie yeah. had a solid series. Justin Turner had a tremendous series. And these guys yeah. were not doing well coming into this into this four game set. You almost feel doomed when you play the Dodgers and, and, you know, those guys have 600 OPSs or whatever they were. It's like, okay, well that's, that's certainly bound to come up at some point. And right. a lot of them found it against the diamondbacks, like you said. Well, and, and the D backs got beat by a lot of different guys on the Dodgers, as much as you would love to see them only, you know, really get beaten by the likes of Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman. Uh, the Dodgers all up and down their lineup were, were, hurting the diamondbacks offensively. So, uh, and again, the, the offense still produced runs in in this series. Uh, the, the bullpen, especially today was solid. Uh, you know, you can't be upset about the bullpen coming in and throwing three and two thirds innings scoreless. It just really came down to, you know, starting pitching in the series, as we saw in that graphic really shit the bed. And, uh, mostly because the Dodgers, jumped out to an early lead and I don't think really had to do the things other teams have had to do against the bullpen uh, in order to come back. But if you want some more good news, Mark Melanson went out there in a non-save situation, didn't give up a single run. So there you go. There's a, there's, there's a bit of positivity, (laughs) a little bit of sunshine for you. And actually Jesse has some great information on that over at gophnx.com. You can check out the history of Mike Hazen, the diamondbacks and their closer situation in Jesse's new piece. If you're not a member already, sign up to become a member. You can get an annual membership where you'll get a free t-shirt like this guy on the wall behind me. Pick out whatever t-shirt you want over at phnxlocker.com. I think you can get the hats as well. Uh, if you're not interested in the annual membership, sign up for the month-to-month option and you'll get your first month for just 50 cents. Regardless of the membership option you choose, you'll be able to read Jesse's wonderful articles, all the wonderful lamenting pieces about the Phoenix Suns losing and everything else we have to offer. Phoenix sports, uh, Arizona sports is not in a great place right now. Let me tell you, I watched the Mercury game uh, yesterday and they they were fighting in that game uh, amongst each other. Uh, the Diamondbacks, yeah. six straight, Suns are out of the playoffs. It's just bad news everywhere. But you know what? It can't last forever, right? We gotta, we gotta rebound. We gotta come back, and we are going to be here covering the good times and the bad times here at PHNX. So make sure to join us. Sign up for a membership. That way, uh, you can get not only our members only discounts over at the PHNX Locker, but our access to our uh, members only Discord, where you can chat with us and ask me questions about where to find all the good ballpark food at Chase Field. So uh, make sure to do that. Jesse's piece is very good. And again, we had a fun conversation on Twitter. If you follow us at PHNX underscore D-backs about uh, who would you choose as your closer of all of these closers the Diamondbacks have had uh, through yeah. ups and downs. It's a very, uh, it's it's weird because it's a lot of personality and a lot of erratic, uh, inconsistent performance from all of the guys. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. I think the the majority answer last I checked was probably Fernando Rodney, um, which I think, I mean, if there is a correct answer to the question, I mean, it's really framed as, as a more subjective thing, but statistically Fernando Rodney has probably been the Diamondbacks best close. Yeah, there you go. You got the tilted hat and everything. Um, he's probably been the Diamondbacks best closer 
uh, in the Mike Hazen era, which goes back to 2017. There's a reason that the Diamondbacks won 93 games that year. It's because Fernando Rodney, after a horrendous April that made a lot of fans not super happy, a lot of people wanted him ousted as the closer, but the Diamondbacks stuck with him and he went on to not allow a run for two full months. He was one of the best closers in baseball through the rest of the season. And so, um, I mean, he's, his final ERA was still 4.23. It wasn't like he had this tremendous dominant season over the course of the whole year, but he was steady. And, and that's something the Diamondbacks really haven't had almost at all since Mike Hazen took over in, in the closer spot. Brad Boxberger technically kept his role for the whole year, but he wasn't good. Um, he was horrible in September, which is one of the, the worst, most disappointing months in recent Diamondbacks history, September of 2018. Uh, and then Greg Holland didn't keep the role. Um, Archie Bradley had it for a while. Then the Diamondbacks traded him. Uh, Stefan Crichton had it for a little bit. Last year was a total mess with all the injuries. There really was no identifiable closer for most of the season. So it's been a mess, Derek, really since since Mike Hazen took over. And I don't want to say it's a Mike Hazen problem because the Diamondbacks have almost always had an issue finding closers. It's a Diamondbacks problem. It really is. And unfortunately, Mark Melanson is is just kind of the next chapter in that story right now. You know, my favorite closer of all time was Jesse. It was Matt Manti, the Iceman. And sure. after I actually started covering baseball, I went back and looked at some of uh, some of his numbers. And, you know, he didn't have great numbers. He had one. Per- um, and that was pretty much, you know, around that time when the Diamondbacks won the World Series. So. Like, yeah. uh, it's funny how you can kind of look back on players with rose color through, through rose colored glasses and, uh, remember them more fondly. But then when you look at their stats, especially when it's a player on your favorite team, that tends to be more of a favorite that you just like them for quirky reasons. I know I've liked a lot of guys on the diamondbacks for quirky reasons and just because, uh, they were fun and, and, uh, had something about them, but like Fernando Rodney, one of my friends used to retweet every single time he came into a game in a closed situation, he would retweet every tweet he could find on Twitter about people complaining about Fernando Rodney's hat being sideways. <laughs> uh, and shout out to Ron, by the way. And like, you know, again, it was stuff like that that used to just kind of be fun and quirky about this team. Um, and I mean, they've had a lot of that personality over the years, just not a lot of luck, not only at closer, but in relief pitching in general. Their relief pitching has always been. I mean, do you think like, so when I think of personality, I think, I feel like Fernando Rodney is almost the only one. Maybe, I guess Archie had a lot of personality. He's He was more so the eighth yeah. inning guy. But Archie, he, he was in there as a closer. But yeah. like, I don't think of, I don't think of Greg Holland as being like, oh no, emotion no, 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 when, no. He, when he went out there. But see, uh, and I mean, there were, there were a couple of guys that kind of did it quietly, right? Brad Ziegler kind of did it with a quiet approach. Yeah. It's one he of was the best very effective yeah. for a period of time. So, um, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is for this team because at times, it, again, it seems like they really just, have bad luck when it comes to this position. You can't say when you look back at Mike Hazen's time of acquiring closers that he hasn't tried to do something to solidify that role, right? If they were just constantly converting existing relief pitchers that they had or starting pitchers yeah. that didn't work out as starters into closers, that would be a different situation. They did that with Archie Bradley. 
But I feel like Archie Bradley actually worked out in that closer role. He yeah. liked it. He, he earned it. Embraced yeah. it. He earned it. Right. So it's it's not like they were just giving it to guys just because. But Mike Hazen definitely has made an effort to bring in guys that have a track record of being consistent. The biggest problem, probably, if you want to if you want to knock what he's been doing, has been he gets these guys after their prime, right? So it's like. Unfortunately, yeah. it's two seasons after the after their best year, but for some reason, when they come here, they're kind of putting up numbers that pale in comparison to what they've done in the past. Fernando Rodney, once he got onto that streak, he was, and it was weird. He wasn't like unstoppable. He just he'd give up a a hit here, a hit here. He just he again, it wasn't uh super dominant stuff. He wasn't striking guys out all the time. He just had this ability to close the door and and keep runs off the board and he did it in a lot of games that season for this team so again he's a he's a pretty 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 memorable guy i would say but yeah um, i don't know the diamondbacks have tried and failed when it came to that uh they didn't have to worry about closers in this series at all because the they never really had a lead yeah. late in the game but christian walker did everything he could in this series he was dominant um homered in four straight games at Dodger Stadium going back to 2021. So no player has ever hit homers in five straight games at Dodger Stadium, but a few even a few Diamondbacks have hit four, in four straight, including Paul Goldschmidt and Chad Tracy. So Well, JD Christian Martinez Walker, hit four in in one game at Dodger Stadium. So That's right. That is right. Uh that guy. Uh Jordan Luplo was also very good in this series, but the rest of the offense didn't really show up like we said. Two for 11 with yeah. runners in scoring position in this game, five for 24 in the series. So, um, I mean, are, do you have any concerns or do you think, uh, do, do you chalk this up to the Dodgers? Do you chalk this up to the Diamondbacks kind of being in a little bit of a slump offensively? What are you, what are your thoughts on, you know, their, their inability to kind of get on top in this, in any of the games in the series? Yeah, I think it's definitely a combination of, of both of those things. I mean, the Dodgers pitching staff is, is certainly, one of the best and and you know there's a lot of teams that would struggle offensively in a series especially at dodger stadium um but this d-backs offense i mean it, it really does have to get going it's one thing to you know get off to a rough start that sort of thing can happen but we're almost 40 games into the season at this point i mean you're talking about a about a quarter of the season is now behind us and and some of these d-backs hitters are just really really struggling um and i i do think a big part of that is still just that a lot of these guys are not that experienced um you know cooper hummel um geraldo perdomo there, there's a lot of guys they're relying on in a pretty everyday sort of basis um that haven't been in the big leagues for very long and and you're alec you're going to be prone to yeah alec thomas too and i mean he's been one of their one of their more steady hitters um after uh after being in the big leagues for the last week or two but but yeah, I mean they they got to get things going, Derek. This this lineup is um is very lethargic and um I think the pitching is has been due to regress for a while and and the only way the Diamondbacks are ever going to keep up the success that they have had this season um which of course doesn't look quite as good now with a with an 18 and 21 record, but they've still been pretty good this year relative to their expectations and in order to keep it up they're going to have to start hitting the ball better. Um, the, the pitching was only going to last for so long, at least being as good as it was. And the offense is going to have to come out and make up for that.
Correct. Well, Christian Walker still was the guy doing it. He was lifting, uh, doing the heavy lifting in this series, and he is our DraftKings king of the series. Uh, four for 14 with three home runs, and I think that was four RBI, but that's it's his three. I think it was four RBI. He does. He hits a lot of solo shots. I mean, the D-backs as a whole, I think, have hit a lot of solo shots this year. And I think also he loves playing against the Dodgers. We've talked about his numbers. We talked about his numbers uh, in today's podcast that we did about how good he's been against the Dodgers, but he's just incredibly good uh, uh, against the Dodgers in his career. Um, He's tied for first in the national league right now with nine home runs uh, while also leading all first basemen with seven defensive runs saved. Uh, And he is substantially higher. The next uh, closest player is CJ Crone. Carlos Santana and Ty France all tied with three defensive run saves. So Christian Walker. Seven is a huge, that's a huge number after a quarter of the season for a first baseman. That's that's honestly ridiculous that he has seven defensive runs saved by himself as a first baseman. He has some great range. Like I, I think that sometimes we underestimate how good his range is, but there's been a couple of balls that probably would have snuck through if he wouldn't have been able to make it over to the middle of the infield as quickly as he could. And I've just been impressed that he, again, he quietly does it. He does it without much fanfare, without much recognition, but especially some of the plays that he has made just uh, just stretching to, to get someone out at first base and getting a, a throw from someone else. We've seen some pretty erratic throws come his way and him be able to turn the play and, and save, salvage it without, uh, without it going haywire on him. So he's just been... Yeah. Tremendous. Uh, his 12 home runs versus the Dodgers since 2019. Uh, we talked about this earlier. Uh, second most in baseball, trailing only Fernando Tatis Jr. and his 13. So wasn't able to get another one today. He went 0 for 4, I believe, today. But still our king of the series and the D-backs' most productive offensive uh, member this in, in this series, right? I, I'd buy him a bag of OG's gummies if he was here right now. Well, I don't know. Maybe not mid-season, but after the season, I'll give him some OGs gummies. <laughs> uh, OGs are the best, Jesse. And, of course, you can get them at your local dispensary if you're interested in trying some amazing scratch-made THC gummies from our friends at OGs. They have amazing flavors like br- blackberries and cream, orange cream, school watermelon. I just had uh, recently uh, the fruit punch. It was fantastic. So they're perfect if you're in the mood for an uplifting sativa or a chill indica. If you're interested in trying the amazingly delicious variety of flavors that OG's Brands has to offer, go to ogsbrands.com. That's O-G-E-E-Z brands.com to find OG's near you. Jesse, if we were doing the OG's performance to forget, it would be the Diamondbacks throughout pretty much this entire series, but mostly the starting (laughs) pitching would get the OG's performance to forget uh, in this situation because as much as we have praised their starting uh, starting pitching, it has been really really bad in this series. Yeah, I mean, the D-backs gave up, I think, 29 runs as a team in this series, which is a lot. I mean, you're talking about seven runs per game on average. It's going to be hard to win games like that. And the vast majority of those came from the starting rotation. Uh, D-backs only got 16 and two-thirds innings out of their starting pitchers in this series. So um, they weren't getting as deep into games. It was about four innings per starter um, on average. So uh, not getting as deep into the game, and and the reason for that is is of course just that the Dodgers hitters were were getting on these D backs pitchers early in games. Yep. Um, I guess there were a couple situations where it happened a little bit later. 
uh, like Tyler Gilbert, you know, maybe Tory left him in a little bit too long there, but, um, but yeah, the starting rotation is still, I think going to be a strength for the D backs moving forward. I don't want to, you know, say the sky is falling and, and this has all been a, a total mirage, but, um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's not the second best starting rotation in baseball. And, and I think we, I think we all know that and, and have understood that at a, eventually the numbers are going to kind of balance out over time. We witnessed it in this series for sure. The Diamondbacks yeah. dropped down to 18 and 21. They are now dead last in the National League West. Uh, but we're not worried about the National League West. What we are worried about is the All City Division. So unfortunately, go. they swapped spots with the Chicago White Sox, who are now in first place, uh, but still within striking distance. And that's that's not a snake pun. That's just something we say in sports. Uh, the Diamondbacks do have a chance to increase that. Uh, all city divisional record this weekend because coming up they have a four game set with the Chicago Cubs and uh, let's take a look at that calendar got the Cubs coming up four game set then we got two games with the Kansas City Royals and then another four game set with the Dodgers that seems just like a nightmare like that's on the horizon we don't need to see them again right now right the Diamondbacks could really use a little bit more distance between seeing the Dodgers again, but they will get the Dodgers here at Chase Field. Uh, plenty of opportunity to go out there. One thing I really like is that 4.15 start time on Saturday. I don't know if that's right, but that is appealing to me as someone that likes to go to baseball games and have them end at a reasonable hour. So, uh, again, there's some there are some interesting uh, matchups here, Jesse. And yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to suggest after losing that series to the Cubs last weekend that they can necessarily, you know, pounce on the Cubs and really uh, get some wins. But because uh, the Cubs are playing pretty good baseball right now, but this would be a great time for yeah. the Diamondbacks to kind of get right uh, before they see the Dodgers again in, in a week. Yeah, I mean uh, Zach Gallen is is the starter for the first game of the series, and and I think that's going to be very helpful for the D backs just. He's there. He's their guy, right? I mean, I think we've known that all along. Um, I don't know if he's going to maintain his 0.6 ERA for for too long, but uh, I mean, he's he's going to be the stopper for this team this season. And so, getting him in Game One against the Cubs, you know, hopefully the D-backs can can get back on on track there. And and the Cubs have you know some some decent starters. They've gotten healthy a little bit in their starting rotation lately. So Marcus Stroman will be on. Uh, tomorrow in game one, I think Kyle Hendricks is game two, uh, Justin Steele game three, and then an old friend Wade Miley, I believe will get hey. the start on Sunday uh, against against the Diamondbacks and Wade Miley. Wade Miley doesn't get talked about enough because uh, he was he was pretty good for the D-backs when he when he first came up. But I think a lot of people were sort of surprised by it. He wasn't necessarily a top flight prospect and he's had a heck of a career that's lasted I believe around a decade at this point, he's really stuck around and had some, some really nice seasons in the big leagues. His first season with Arizona was 2011. So you're absolutely right. He has been around for longer than a decade at this point. And wow. Yeah. Yeah. Just putting up some good numbers. He spent um, part of this season in triple a and yeah, he has a 2.7 ERA for the Cubs this season. It's and, probably I a mean, rehab thing. I, I believe I think probably. he was hurt. Yeah. Because time. I don't yeah. see, but he did spend some time. I mean, he, he's he's bounced around. There's been some single A and double A stops in his time. I don't know how many of these are rehab related, but probably rehab. Yeah, I would think see quite a bit of that in there, right? Peppered in. 
Um, but yeah, doing good. And I mean, again, he's been consistent. His ERA has stayed somewhere between two and a half to five for the majority of his career. And, you know, he's, he's been an effective pitcher. So a, a, a guy that the Diamondbacks at times could have used. I know he had a really good season with the Reds uh, one year. So, um, but Diamondbacks really need to get out on top of these guys. I think um, again, yeah. it's it, it's a confidence boost before they see the Dodgers again, and more importantly, I think that the Diamondbacks are a better team than the way they're playing right now. I thought that they should have won, yeah, those games against the Cubs and really just kind of came out flat at times and didn't have the energy we've seen out of them at times. You know, it's it's a long season. I get it. I think mostly at. Uh, right now, Nick Ahmed is missed. A lot of the guys that are injured are are missed right now. And I mean, they when they were kind of a complete whole team, you saw them playing at a higher level than we're seeing them play at right now. Yeah, it's 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 looked not great over the last uh, week, roughly for the D backs. Um, and I do think that was sort of inevitable. I mean, the D backs had won a lot of one run games. Now we've seen them lose some some close games, all kind of strung together in a row. Um, so it doesn't feel great for the moment. Um, but yeah, you've got four games against the Cubs. You've got two games against the Royals after that, which uh, speaking of old friends, Derek, Zach Greinke, I believe, lines up to start oh, the first game of that please. series. So, so Zach Greinke theoretically should be back uh, at Chase Field, assuming that the alignment doesn't get messed up there. So uh, he's had a remarkable season. Zach Greinke for the Kansas City Royals in seven starts has a 3.52 ERA. So he's been effective. And he's done that with 14 strikeouts in 38 in the third innings. So he's getting roughly one strikeout every three innings. Uh, but that man is such a uh, such an artist with the way that he uh, manages to get outs, even though his stuff isn't overpowering. He's not getting much swing and miss at this stage in his career. Um, but at the ripe old age of 38 years old, Zach Greinke continues to be effective. The man throws a 54 mile per hour EFIS pitch, Jesse. What does that say about you? <laughs> he has zero concerns with what you think about his strikeout rate or what he can do other than make you not be able to hit the baseball. And that's why he remains effective. Let's be honest. That's where Madison Bumgarner and Mark Melanson and Ian Kennedy. Some of these guys are at right now. I mean, uh, Ian Kennedy for the most part has actually done a pretty good job at, at, having some some whiffs lately but still you know relies mostly on getting guys to make contact and and make outs mark melanson relies heavily on that on that pinpoint accuracy if he doesn't have that and and mad bum doesn't have that these guys aren't going to be effective but they are still finding ways at this point in their career to to do the damn thing and that's one thing that's fun to watch yeah. i look forward to seeing zach granke because he was uh he was quietly one of my favorite people to interview Jesse, because a lot of times when I'm in the, in the clubhouse scrum, I don't really feel the need to ask a question, but especially to somebody who might overanalyze it or dissect it the way that Zach Granke, I was especially careful yeah. with, with the way I approached him. Right. Um, but it was really fun to see him just roast not only members of the media when they would <laughs> ask a bad question, but remember, you know, his own teammates, uh, my my favorite my favorite moment with Zach Granke in the clubhouse was when someone asked him his opinion on Archie Bradley, and without hesitation, without more than a second passing, he literally just said he's a loser, <laughs> and I loved it so much. 
was he was he trying to be funny or was he, he was just trying to be hilarious because Zach or, okay. uh, Archie Bradley was sitting right next to him when he said it. So he was <laughs> they they were saying it to be fun because they knew that Archie would hear him in, in okay. earshot get asked okay. the question. And I and obviously Zach knew that too. Maybe he didn't. Yeah. Maybe that was just his Zach, I mean Zach could be he could be a pretty blunt fellow. So you, I wouldn't totally know, put a put a pass to get out of him. Speak his mind, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but just a reminder before we go, go to DraftKings Sportsbook. Use our code of PHNX. Uh, if you're a new customer, which I don't even know how that's possible at this point. How have you not signed up yet? But if you are a yeah. new customer, you can get in on the NBA playoff action, and it is nonstop at the DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet just $5 on any NBA team to win, and you will get $150 in free bets if they do. You can turn a small bet into a big payday during the NBA playoffs with the same game parlay. Add as many legs as you want. The more legs you add, the more money you'll win. Uh, right now, all customers, new and existing, can place a same-game parlay with three or more legs and get a free bet back up to $25 if one leg doesn't hit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code PHNX, bet $5 on any NBA team to win, except the Suns, and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's promo code PHNX only at the DraftKings Sportsbook. 21 and over only. Arizona only. Gambling problem. Dial 1-800-NEXT-STEP. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. That's all I got, Jesse. We got to see the Diamondbacks do better. Uh, again, yeah, that bar is raising. That expectations bar is is all over the place this season because, again, I don't think we would have been surprised by a Dodgers sweep uh, preseason, but now it feels very uh, gut wrenching. It feels very disheartening. Yeah, because this team was on a roll, and I think once again it we we said it was going to be a test. We said it was going to be a litmus test for this team. They failed. And uh, we know exactly. Yeah. We know exactly. They they are who we thought they were. I I'm not supposed there to. You be go. That's not. <laughs> thing I uh, I do want to mention real quick before before we go. So I think Bam alluded to this in the in the chat earlier. Uh, the Diamondbacks did make a trade uh, today. It, it was not a super significant trade as far as like the active roster is concerned. But the D-backs did acquire uh, Paul Fry who is a, a left-handed reliever from the Baltimore Orioles. Yeah, there's the comment from Bam who mentioned that earlier. Um, they traded Luis Osorio, who's a righty in the Diamondbacks uh, minor league system. I think he's down in rookie ball, so he's uh, like an 18-year-old kid at this point. Uh, but yeah, this is presumably to give the Diamondbacks a little bit more depth as far as uh, their left-handed relievers are concerned. Uh, I assume this may have something to do with the fact that Kyle Nelson is uh is now on the uh the COVID IL as we talked about earlier. So um yeah Paul Fry is, has pitched with the Orioles uh this season as an ERA of around six. Um he was promising a couple years ago uh for Baltimore. He looked like a possible trade deadline ship for them after getting off to a, a pretty good start in the season. Uh so he's been around for uh, for a few years but uh but he was also designated for assignment uh by the Orioles um earlier this year and you know if the Orioles designate a player for assignment you know that that certainly tells you something about how his season has gone so far but doesn't bother me you know why the Brent Strom effect which by the the Brent Strom effect there you go everybody's talking about the Brent Strom effect now uh again Brent Strom he'll be the first to tell you 
pump the brakes, which is what he did. He did this motion. It did the pump the brakes motion on talking about how good this pitching is go is is going. Just like the hitting, it takes a while, right? And no matter how much we want to get excited about what they're doing, uh, these changes, these the the coaching, these philosophies, they take a while to resonate with these guys. So uh, hopefully, what we'll see there with Paul Fry is the same thing that we saw with guys like Noe Ramirez and Zach Davies and some of the other guys the the Arizona Diamondbacks have been able to pick up from other teams that kind of discarded them because they had a bad season or a bad stretch and maybe make them into a next reliable reliever. I know Noe Ramirez was DFA'd from the Angels, I believe, last season. And again, he has been one of the D-backs uh, most effective relievers in their bullpen in the time frames that he's been here. And I mean, even Joe Mantiply did not look very good last season, and this season he's been tremendous. So uh, coaching is everything, and I truly, truly believe that, and I think that's what Mike Hazen and the Arizona Diamondbacks believe. So hopefully this coaching continues. And I made a comment to Sean uh, while we were watching the game here at the studio that I think I've seen Tory coach guys more than I've seen him coach in the past. It might just maybe be seeing it on the television broadcast more or whatever, but I have seen Tori over talking to relievers in between innings or after innings and stuff like that more than ever before. And I feel like he is doing a much better job at communicating with guys and coming over and spending that time with them, especially the pitchers after they've, you know, either done a great job, like we saw with him, him praising Caleb Smith, the other night or you know even when they're not having such a great uh, a night out on the mound like we saw with Merrill Kelly I have seen Tori Lavello over talking the guys more I think than I've ever seen him so hopefully all of this starts to click for them and they can get back on that same track that they were for about two weeks we got to see what this team could be and and I think that they could still get back there so uh we thank you guys of, co- of course for joining us being here in the chat and the comments uh, you can follow us on Twitter I'm at cap underscore caveman with a K Jesse is at Jesse and Friedman. Our show is at PHNX underscore D-backs, but all roads lead to at PHNX underscore sports on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. If you're watching us right now, YouTube, live, wherever you're watching us, make sure to subscribe, sign up for notifications. That way you don't miss when any of our shows go live. And if you want to drop in, talk with us, chat with us, we'd love you to do so. Uh, If you're listening to us right now on your favorite audio podcasting app, please subscribe to us there if you haven't done so already. Leave us a five-star review only if you feel like we deserve it. But if you feel like we deserve something less, leave us nothing. Do nothing. Uh, But then, of course, uh, follow us on Twitter. Join us. Chat with us. Uh, We'll be back. Uh, Jesse and I will have an audio podcast out uh, for Friday. But, of course, if you guys are watching us right now on Wednesday, this show will be available as an audio podcast on Thursday. Uh, We thank you guys again so much for joining us. Jesse and I, as always, on behalf of Jesse and I, we appreciate your time. And remember, kids, baseball is fun, but thank God we don't have to play the Dodgers anymore, at least for a week.